Welcome to Dig Deep, the mining podcast. In this podcast, we go deep into mining news, hot topics, and live interviews with mining professionals and leading figures in the mining industry. Introducing your host, Rob Tyson, founder and director of Mining International and Mining International Executive, a leading global mining recruitment and headhunting agency. Hi, mining community. Welcome back to another episode of the Dig Deep, the mining podcast. And today's guest is Peter Schlue, who's the CEO and director of Heritage Mining, who are a private, well-capitalized mining company focused on the uh, focused on acquiring Tier 1, advanced stage precious and base metal exploration projects and junior micro-producer project stage assets. Um, Peter's background is in capital markets, operations, and assurance, working with junior miners and financial institutions in his, uh, obviously in his career. Um, and he's here today to tell us more about heritage mining and what they're looking to uh, achieve uh, moving forward. So that's welcome, Peter, to the podcast. How are you doing, Peter? You're good, Rob. How are you? Thanks for having me here. I'm good, thank you, and I appreciate your time as well. Um, so how we always kick off these, uh, these podcasts I wonder if you could um, tell the audience or give the audience um, a little bit of background about yourself, um, a little bit about your career um, before we go into sort of more detailed questions around um, heritage mining and the things that you're doing. So um, I hand it over to you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, uh, thanks so much. So I have, uh, you know, grew up in, uh, in Ontario, uh, you know, m- mostly uh, new market. Uh, Newmarket, Ontario, went to high school there, went to University of Toronto, Mississauga, um, had a few internships in, in some financial institutions, you know, uh, Manulife, uh, KPMG, um, landed at KPMG, um, worked on my uh, chartered accountant there, um, had a few stops at uh, Price Waterhouse, uh, Sun Life, um, both uh, fantastic firms, and then moved over, actually, so with Within that time, I, you know, my chartered accountant and, uh, and chartered financial analyst designations were, were kind of well underway and, and wrapped up at, at Sun Life and then jumped into the, the mining space um, with predominantly, you know, Mongolian-based um, projects. Um, I was part of, uh, you know, the Step Gold IPO, um, the Ion Energy IPO, and uh, held a, you know, a few positions on uh, some CPCs as well, capital pool companies. Um, with them. So taking a step back, um, you know, when I kind of sit back and, and, and reflect on, on those, uh, on the various experiences that I had, had learned, I thought it was important to um, kind of tie in the immense amount of character building experiences like throughout my career that have translated into the success of, success of, of what we're building today. Um, just to, to take it way back, I, I took a real interest in accounting from an early age as my father's an accountant and one of my aunts was a senior executive at uh, Manuali Financial. So really opening up the downtown scene of finance and kind of the, the glory and, you know, wow, I really, really want to be there. You know, this is, I'm, I'm talking from, you know, early high school. Um, you know, this is coming from, from growing up in, in basically, you know, far, farm town um, before I moved to Newmarket. Um, I grew up in uh, Alliston and Mono, attending an elementary school in uh, Colgan, Ontario, uh, basically a, a one-block town, a beautiful place. I visit it regularly. They actually have a nice uh, golf course there. 
um, you know, I had a bit of uh, business experience actually selling uh, gumballs in the in the schoolyard. Once I realized the markup I could make from them selling it in the in the school gym, relative to buying a whole bucket of uh, of gumballs from the convenience store down the road. Anyway, that uh, that may be a conversation that can be further gone for a, for a maybe over a drink or a coffee. But I just thought it gives the listeners some color of, of where I'm from and. Uh, you know, some of the early experiences as, as an entrepreneur, um, I think I got in a bit of trouble with uh, the principal for doing that. But what are you going to do? Um, learning and character building experiences um, from from the experiences with uh, with KPMG, Price Waterhouse and Sun Life. Um, one of the lessons or, or one learns how to work extremely hard and more importantly, smart, uh, prioritize and execute on high priority items time management and overall one takes back from these experiences how some of you know the, the largest companies in, in, in Canada are run. Uh, these are big boys and they have their performance expectations from their people and you know boy oh boy what what a time I had. Um, very grateful for that experience and uh, you know I'll learn I'll learn things that no one can ever take away from me, which is which is fantastic. Uh, Sun Life specifically I uh, was extra uh, I had an extraordinary experience there where I took up um, kind of put uh, took my finance experience and education to date and combined it with um, coding, basically. Uh, it started out basic and intermediate. And then I, I guess at the end, you know, we had some advanced coder coding team in there um, to help automate. Um, I personally did, you know, approximately 90% of my role. And the group, I think we got, you know, to about 60%. And I was with kind of a special team. Um, you know, Sun Life is very advanced, embraces new concepts, especially suggested internally. The business was growing still is and no one was laid off as a result the group learned you know new skill sets and i can't even imagine what they're up to now um they're kind of really on the forefront so fantastic experience there that i can you know translate into um capital raising and automating um the process you know filling out subscription agreements and automating that um saves a lot of time um during that time you know from you know, KPMG, even before that, um, you know, through to Sun Life, one, one sits back and after all this learning, where do I really want to be? Um, what what can I what can I make my career look like? Because I, I kind of believe, you know, I'm a, I'm in charge of of kind of my own destiny. So how do we how do we shape this to where I want to be? Um, mining, in my opinion, after looking at all the industries, because with uh, chartered uh, accountant or, or CPA and a chartered financial analyst, you can have a lot of transferable skill sets that you can kind of do basically what, whatever you want. Um, mining, in my opinion, has the absolute best of, of both worlds. I mean, I can be downtown and I've done this. I can be downtown, you know, pitching the company, meeting new people, building new relationships and doing the, you know, all out finance and capital markets grind. Um, the next week you're in the thick bush on ATVs, you know, slow and steady, two hours from the logging road to the farthest target on our Black Lake Drayton property, getting our hands dirty, um, you know, pulling away overburden to find old channel samples. Um, you know, when I thought about combining my knowledge of finance and capital markets, you know, during my, my time at uh, KPMG Pricewaterhouse and no, I guess I must have. So when I thought about combining my um, knowledge of finance and capital markets with mining, um, I thought, you know, the, the longer um, you maintain the ability to absorb new technical information and just maintain that constant mentality of, you know, be a sponge, learn as much as you can in every opportunity that you can from individuals with 
more experience and reputable experience than you, um, the more ir- irreplaceable and valuable you become in an area where, I mean, we all know that the age gap, um, it's a its a popular topic, the age gap between the average CEO and, uh, well, I guess myself now, um, relative to other industries is, is quite large. I thought, you know, this is where I'm going to make the most difference and I'm going to go after it with, with everything that I have. Um, once I jumped into the meat grinder of you know junior mining and capital markets, this is where the rubber uh, really hit the road, in my opinion. Um, you know, I didn't I didn't mention this, but uh, through my while I was at U- the University of Toronto Mississauga, um, I was a teaching assistant, so I had two uh, classes of you know fifty to you know eighty eighty uh, students that I was in front of and and you know communicating um, tutorials. And then on top of that, you know, I had a part-time um, sales rep job at Telus, where where I was the top performing, one of the top performing sales rep, and by this I mean the top two percent in Canada. Uh, not bad for a part-time gig. I met some great people, and and I learned how to sell. So you know, you you kind of draw on these presentation skills and sales skill sets while armed with my career and in, in care, my career of character building experiences. Um, Put that and then, you know, you can communicate effectively to new investors, which uh, that's kind of, you know, while I'm in the in the meat grinder here um, or was um, assisting in raising capital at, at various stages, both private and and, and public companies uh, we worked with in the sector um, in one of the tar- toughest markets, I, I, I'm told. Right. In, in my experience, I, you know, I kind of jumped in in, in 2018. Step Gold was uh, the only uh, gold IPO on the TSX main board that year. So. Um, you know, you want to call the bottom of a market, um, might, that might be pretty close, um, in my opinion. Um, you know, my old group recognized my value and made me, you know, interim CFO and VP, uh, corporate and business development of Ion Energy, um, as a result of the, the value I added, uh, from a financial and capital raising standpoint. Uh, it's pretty, I'm pretty good at that. Um, and I added value through the, through these roles. Uh, very well. And from, you know, the date of this recording, um, Ion Energy has done very well and the team is doing a good job um, and I'm very happy for them. Um, I was also, they also made me a you know, CFO of uh, Spirit Banner Capital Corp uh, Public CPC at that time. So um, overall, a uh, great learning experience um, in my career to date. Um, also just want to point out before we jump on to the next question that, uh, you know, over my time here with, with Heritage, uh, I'm now a, a licensed prospector in, in Ontario and apparently a, a great field technician, a uh, call from, from Mitch. You know, I'm uh, one of the few, if, if, if the only finance uh, background, strong finance background uh, CEO that he's come across that uh, has been able to kind of charge through the bush. So, you know, I, I, I kind of, I've, I got the education, but I also have no problem picking up a chainsaw and, and cutting down a, uh, a tree uh, kind of fallen over on the ATV trail. So, you know, kind of get the, the best of both worlds here. Yeah. Um, so obviously you're the um, CEO of Heritage Mining. I wondered if you can tell us a little bit about uh, the company, um, I suppose a little bit of the, the history um, about the company and the, sort of where you're up to today. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Um, so I, I founded the company along with um, kind of the, the founding directors, um, you know, in, in 20, 2019, we closed the founder round in, in May. Um, but the, the vision of it was, 
you know, it's, I'm more of a relationship based person. So in my time um, with my old group, I maintained a lot of, of relationships and, and from a, from a technical standpoint and from a capital market standpoint. And when I sat back and kind of assessed the next step, it was, I want to build the right team um, first and then find the projects. And that, not normally something that that I've I've seen. It's more you kind of find the projects and then and build out the team. But if my vision is, you know, if we have a team together and the team's vision at that is, you know, if you have the right people together that have brought projects from exploration all the way through to production, then when you look and evaluate projects, you're going to um, look at it through that lens, which I think is very important. Um, so that that's what we did. We raised some money um, off of the back of of the team. We then entered into an agreement with our Harrigan Cove property, um, which allows uh, via via an option agreement, which uh, allows us to or allowed us to uh, potentially prove the uh, project uh, prior to to purchasing. It's a familiar structure um, that we see um, commonly in the junior exploration space. Um, it's beneficial to us as it allows us to kind of deploy our capital in a, in a more efficient manner. Um, the project was attractive as advanced exploration, more than 100 holes in a 400 hectare space, uh, drilled by previous explorers in the district, uh, confirmed high grade. You know, we had a um, narrow intercept of 1.52 um, meters, over 1.52 meters at uh, 59 grams per ton, just uh, as, a, as a note there. Um, you know, we kind of executed the, the agreement and we had um, drills turning within uh Four weeks uh, brought it to a decision point at that time. Uh, once the results came in, um, did some more follow up questions and decided, you know, to, to drop the project. Um, this had a deposit style, um, you know, subtle restyle deposit uh, targeting gold um, with, um, you know, the vision of, of an open pit uh, disseminated in vein, vein style deposit. Um, it's in a strong Strong region. I mean, Nova Scotia has a, has a strong government for the mining sector, low geopolitical risk, um, active mining, you know, the turquoise mine, um, and, uh, you know, an established mining jurisdiction. Uh, the proximity to infrastructure and skilled labor uh, supported the likelihood of future economic production. So it was it was of interest. Um, we've since then uh, dropped dropped the option. Um, we then pivoted um, in 2021, this September. Um, we pivoted to Ontario, uh, closed progressive discussions with Group 10 Metals, signing a definitive option agreement over the Black Lake Drayton project, uh, our, our flagship project, which is approximately you know 13,700 hectare package, uh, 25 kilometers from Sioux Lookout, Ontario. Um, we closed another package within the Black Lake Drayton property recently from a private party, um, again via option, um, which allows... Which, which now kind of provides a fully aggregated package that we can uh, progress systematically, which we're very excited about. It's also adjacent to Treasury Metals, who has had some fantastic results as of, as of recent on their Goldland, um, Goldland and Goliath um, projects, um, along with uh, which, and our project is, is along the structural trend um, with strong gold and copper values, which um, I don't think has been mes- mentioned in, in, in the area, which we're very excited about. Um, also, during our due diligence visit uh, to the Black Lake Drayton property, we stopped by a few other other properties. Um, our technical team took a great interest in our now fully aggregated Contact Bay property, 
Um, over the last few months, we've had successful negotiations with Transition Metals and EMX Royalties, uh, two publicly traded companies, and two private landowners, uh, claim owners, so to speak, um, plus additional staking uh, by yours truly. I guess I'm now, uh, as I said, I'm a licensed prospector in, in Ontario, so I think I, I actually stake those. Um, to an aggregate of 4,700 hectares land package. Um, this is adjacent to an active exploration project through KG Exploration, a subsidiary of Kinross, um, with strong gold indications in the Northeast and strong copper, uh, nickel, platinum, palladium uh, to the Southwest. Um, so, you know, two very exciting projects. Black Lake Drayton is, is, our, is our main focus. Um, and we can talk a little bit more about um, the advancements and, and plans for that later. I'm sure we have some questions lined up. Um, and then, you know, as of as of recent, we've signed on with Red Cloud um, as our lead agent for our uh, brokered IPO and are planning to file our preliminary prospectus as soon as possible and assess uh, the capital raise uh, capabilities and are, are really looking forward to getting this up and trading in the near future. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, you obviously, you briefly touched, uh, mentioned, obviously, the management team that you brought together. I wonder if you can just tell us a little bit about that uh, obviously your management team and maybe a little bit about them and how, how you pick them or how you all come together. The board, the board is strong uh, with both the deep and technical financial experience. You know, I'm, I'm honored that they are a part of the heritage mining team and, uh, you know, look forward to working with them as we kind of progress to the next step uh, going public. Uh, Patrick Moen, chairman, um, has held numerous director positions in the mining space uh, notably, Patrick's past success includes the development of the Cote Gold project and sale of uh, Trelawney Mining and Exploration to IM Gold Corp for $585 million in cash uh, in 2012, which is now being advanced uh, to the next stage. Uh, Jim Fairburn, CFO and Director of Heritage, was also a board member of Trelawney and has held numerous board and senior executive positions in a number of private and public uh, mining and junior exploration companies. Uh, Jim and I work very well together, and his input in, from a financial perspective in the mining sector is uh, is greatly appreciated. So it's it's great that both Pat and Jim have a kind of a a known high finance transactional experience um, that, that they bring uh, quite a bit to the table. So I'm honored to to work with them. Um, Ray Carvelis, Director of Heritage, uh, previously occupied position his position as President, CEO, and Director of DRA Global. Um, leading over you know, 4,500 employees across five continents. His uh, previous role in the group, um, he was responsible for project execution across five, $5 billion uh, Cana in, in Canadian um, portfolio of development and production operations. Um, he's also held positions at KBR, ELB, and De Beers invo involving management of development, production, and metallurgical R&D and uh, capital management responsibilities. Um, so he kind of shells out from a technical perspective uh, the lens that, that we look through. Um, Patrick Sullivan, Corporate Secretary of Heritage Mining, is a mining, M&A, and securities lawyer at a national law firm. Uh, with a decade of experience in the junior mineral exploration sector. He's acted on several significant global mining transactions, uh, notably South 32 Limited, uh, $2.1 acquisition of Arizona Mining, 
Washington Company's $1.2 billion acquisition of Dominion Diamond Corp. and HUD Bay Minerals' $555 million acquisition of Augusta Resources Corporation. Uh, Patrick also has significant experience advising on mineral stream and royalty finance transactions. Um, as of recent, Patrick represented Kinross in the Great Bear um, Kinross pending acquisition. Um, he's a strong officer, and we're glad to have Patrick in the full support of, of Osler. Um, they've provided invaluable um, in the negotiation and transactional structuring of our current um, exploration and you know, option and, uh, and asset purchase agreements. Um, Mitch Lavery, our principal geologist, uh, over 45 years experience in exploration and development of mining projects with a number of junior and major mining companies, uh, notably discovery of the North Zone at Bell Creek gold mine in Timmins, um, the development of the Operation and the GB Gold Mine Valdor, Quebec. Um, he's currently president and director of Seahawk Gold Corp uh, as our qualified, was well, our QP and a lifetime member of the PDAC. Um, moving on, our external strategic advisors um, have proven invaluable to where we are today as well. Although they maintain a full-time uh, commitment elsewhere, I have their ear on advisement where and when needed in respect um, of their time, of course, on various projects as we have been evaluating, um, kind of in project evaluation mode, so to speak, for the last you know year or so. Um, myself personally have been through um, all of the TSX Venture, CSE, um, and some of the ASX uh, public listed companies evaluating projects, reaching out and uh, maintaining um, contact um, to kind of progress um, strategic acquisitions of which we've now executed and are have now switched gears to advancing our projects in Ontario. Um, just to talk about the external strategic advisors here, uh, Jeremy Okelson, um, Mr. Okelson has a uh, engineering degree and MBA from Queens. He's responsible for client or was responsible for client management and strategic operations in the in the America, being associated with sales of over 1.5 billion of EPCM services for tier one clients such as Valet, Rio Tinto, Barrick, Newmont Tech, to name a few, as well as numerous tier two junior and exploration clients. Uh, Dave Frost has 28 years in all facets of the mining process, 15 years spent in production and the last 13 in senior management roles, experience in the Fiji Islands, Thailand, Indonesia, Brazil, Chile, um, has been a resident in Canada since 2014, um, and his experience focuses on precious and base metal processing plant designs, including um, NI-4301 reporting and compliance. Um, both Jeremy and Dave Frost provide insight into what projects can become pitfalls in getting um, in, in getting there and providing realistic kind of rec recommendations on how to progress from a, a heritage perspective while maintaining that long-term view of, you know, what a mine becomes and, and how to get there. Um, Alex Pernan, CEO of Star Royalties, previously responsible for capital allocation and corporate development at Barrick Gold. Um, 6.5 billion Rand Gold resource acquisition and the 5 billion Barrick Gold Newmont Mining Nevada joint venture. Prior to Barrick, um, Alex was in equity research at Canaccord Genuity, where he covered junior and mid-cap precious metals. Um, 
He was previously in operations as well at Freeport um, and in exploration across Canada. Uh, Peter Burez, Chief Business Development Officer of Star Royalties, and now on the board of several Canadian-listed mining companies. Um, he has a breadth and depth of experience, both on-site, buy-side, and sell-side, uh, positions holding over 20 years at Placer Dome, HSBC New York, Orion, BMO, and Canaccord Genuity. Interesting point about Alex and Peter, we actually shared office space while building Heritage Mining and also their company, Star Royalties, uh, from the beginning, which, I mean, that's very exciting to, to share that, um, and that's proven invaluable kind of working with them um, as they contribute from a technical and capital markets pers- perspective. Um, it's good to have because they've been, you know, both been on the ground. They've both been in the capital market scene. So you kind of bring it all together in terms of how things will trade and, and you know, what to, what to talk about um, kind of going forward. Um, Ronaldo, Ronaldo Stefan, 25 years domestic and international mining experience covering engineering, procurement, and constructive mining activities. He's led delivery of mega projects and programs such as uh, Valet Long Harbor Processing Plant, uh, BHP Potash Development Program in Saskatchewan, Canada, um, to name a few. So he's a great as- uh, asset to the external uh, advisory group if we ever need to lean um, on any information uh, relevant for evaluation of projects. Rick Horn, economic geologist, uh, 40 years experience, uh, expertise in low gold systems, geological mapping and structural geology, uh, 20 years with the Nova Scotia Energy and Mines with a focus on bedrock mapping. Um, industry experience includes senior roles as chief geologist with Acadian Mining prior to the merger with Atlantic Gold, act as chief geologist and mine manager of the Dufferin Mine um, Resource Capital. So he proved invaluable um, when we were kind of progressing uh, the Harrigan Cove property to a decision point, as he's very familiar with the geology, which proved to be an asset to us, although it's no longer with us. So that's kind of a summary of our team and what we have to offer. Yeah. Um, I wonder if you can tell us a little bit about uh, the projects that you're involved in, and also, I suppose, why you picked those particular projects. Uh, was there any sort of characteristics that may be similar amongst the projects or criteria that you generally um, look for in a in a project. So you know why did we why did we pick these the, the projects? Uh, o- overall, the goal of Heritage Mining is to acquire and develop a tier one gold, silver, and uh, base metal project. This is from inception. Um, project characteristics that we look for um, from a project stage. Um, we we have the team that can handle uh, exploration, development, and or junior. Um, you know, more or less micro producer. Um, as I mentioned, our commodity focus is gold, um, silver, and base metals. Um, the region that we've focused on is predominantly, you know, low geopolitical risk in mildly friendly jurisdictions. So Canada, US, um, some parts of Latin America. Uh, you know, we look for an exploration upside. So perspective, geologic terrain, translating to strong exploration upside that could provide resource growth and eventually, you know, project upside. Um, another aspect is technical simpl- simplicity, um, supportive geophysics, geochemistry, geology, and metallurgy outlining, kind of a well-defined 
and technically simple project target. Um, and the last uh, category that we have is, you know, established historic mining jurisdictions. So proximity to infrastructure, skilled labor, supporting the likelihood of future economic production. Um, just from a maybe even call it gold equivalent, you know, we're looking for over a million ounces um, is kind of a, to sum it all up is uh, where where our heads are at. Um, I'll focus on the Black Lake Drayton project. Um, you know, we are in elephant territory um, with our really uh, an established elephant hunting uh, group, uh, so to speak, um, to keep the metaphor going. Um, we're along um, and in trend with Rainy River and Treasury Metals. Um, this project has never been explored as an aggregate package for low-grade, high-tonnage gold and gold copper. There's over 100 years of data that has never been compiled, so a true treasure trove of information to support a drill-ready strategy to rapidly advance the project. Um, I can go into a few kind of, you know, fun facts about each of the zones that we've identified um, a little bit later. Um, another important item, you know, we're close proximity to infrastructure. Um, railway and power going alongside and through the property, respectively. There's a paved highway through the property, uh, well-maintained logging roads and ATV trails. I can attest to this personally as I was, you know, up there with a chainsaw clearing a few fallen trees on um, the ATV trails. Uh, 21 high-priority targets uh, have been historically identified, and we visited 80 of them. Um, you know, we've identified, so now they kind of jump in and, and split the split the package up into four zones. So we have the Moretti, Split Lake, Shaft, and West Zone, all showing early signs of plus million ounce um, deposit styles similar to Goldland and Goliath um, deposits. This is all kind of early indications as it is an exploration project. Um, and let's jump into each one specifically on why we liked it after our due diligence visit and, um, you know, chewing through uh, the data that we uh, could get our hands on um, within the time frame. So there's, you know, past uh, sub, uh, the standouts, you know, past historic workings, bulk sample, eight, eight tons at 14 grams, four tons at um, 18 grams per ton, uh, 10 to 30 wide metons, um, over 20 gold, gold and copper showings. You have rock grab samples up to, um, you know, over 1,000 grams per ton, um, channel, channel and trench sam samples over 10 grams uh, gold, you know, multiple grabs over, you know, a couple hundred grams per ton, um, also up to 6% copper um, from VG bearing quartz veins. So a lot of kind of surface work and historical information that we can kind of collaborate um, and aggregate together to um, systematically develop uh, a targeted, a well-targeted uh, drill program. Moving on to the center part of the project, uh, the split lake zone. Um, you know, multiple grabs over um, 2.7 ounce per ton. I mean, this is just kind of a common theme that we, we found when we were up there and just looking at the data that there's just grabs, drills, you know, there's shafts um, just kind of throughout, peppered throughout the property, um, just, uh, you know, in the ounces. Um, so it's just the, the whole thing is, is just is, is really interesting um, from an exploration standpoint, um, specifically. You know, this the split lake zone has a has a shaft that we kind of went up and, and had a look. Um, it ended up being, you know, a three level. Can't really tell when you're when you're there. But after kind of following up on it, you know, there's a, a three level vertical shaft um, with uh, surface work. I mean, there's there's blast rock sitting there at three grams per ton. 
Um, that's, you know, didn't mean much back in the day in 1937, but, you know, now is, uh, is pretty serious. Um, so it's a, a great indication. Um, there's also, um, uh, multiple other zones kind of on trend that are, you know, the, in the ounces per ton, um, kind of category, um, from, you know, grabs and channels. So it's, uh, it's, you know, extremely interesting, um, project that we, uh, can't wait to, to get our hands on and start, start drilling it out. Moving on to the uh, shaft zone, so the um, kind of south southwestern portion of uh, of the property. Um, you know, you have uh, two shafts on the property. We ended up um, just getting to one. I think we got, I got a bit I got a bit spooked. I'm not going to lie. It was uh, bear 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 hunting season uh, from Archer, and we kind of came across a, a bear bait barrel, so we didn't really finish up um, checking out the one shaft. But we ended up going to the other other shaft zone. Um, you know, which had a, a drill hole narrow intercept, two meters at 14 grams. Um, another interesting um, area of the shaft zone was the, uh, the Macombre zone. So that's within the shaft zone. So there's, it's on an island, uh, Minnetaki Lake. We went over on a, on, a, on a boat. And we, you know, once you, you pull up to the shoreline, you see the old discarded core. You kind of go on, on a hike around. And I'm with, you know, Mitch Lavery. I had, you know, some... some <laughs> Had a bad case of food poisoning that day, so I was kind of down and out, but still kind of trucking through. And you know, it kind of goes if, if this is a if this is a trench area, you know, th- this is the trench area. So, okay, you know, let's, let's let's check it out. And you end up, um, you know, kind of scraping back some uh, some overburden, and then you actually you know find a cha- an old channel sample. So it's I mean, it's just totally cool. And 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 the good point, you know, to point out is that you know we're we're uncovering this stuff, you know. So no one's really followed up with this in the last in the last ten years, right? So and 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 again, this is the old historical kind of work that you read, and then once you kind of put your eyes on it, I mean, no one's done work on this for at least ten years. So again, more value to add. And that trench, um, and I'll kind of go over the results of, of those uh, two trenches. So to, the trench two, which is the one that, you know, we had the, the channel sample on. So there's 22 feet, um, average of 0.076 ounces per ton, the gold, and then 1.38% copper at surface. Uh, trench number two, um, 0.07 ounces per ton and 1.42% copper. Um, that was over 43.3 feet. Um, this is from surface. So, you know, the shaft zone is, is a very interesting area that we'll, um, we've prioritized. And again, you know, we think, you know, there's early signs of over a million ounces, uh, gold or gold equivalent there. And we're very excited, um, to visit it. Uh, the West zone, we, we didn't get a chance to visit. Um, however, you know, similar, similar style on trend. It's the part closest to Treasury Metals um, and with surface chip and grab samples assaying up to 4.4 ounces per ton gold. So that kind of wraps up um, the, you know, the the fourth zone um, and overall, um, again, very, very excited to uh, to get working on the project. And, you know, as as a final note, so these are all kind of early, um, early signs of um, that, that that were shown and demonstrated. Um, over major gold mining districts, um, specifically, you know, Rice Lake, Red Lake, Pickle Crow, um, Long Lack, Hemlow, Campbell, and uh, Timmins, and that's just from a from a gold perspective. Um, 
that that we've kind of noticed um, to this point uh, from a base metal perspective. Um, relevant uh, deposits, you know, the Gecko, Sturgeon Lake, Winston Lake, Timmins, uh, Noranda. So, you know, we're again, we're kind of in, in elephant country um, with the right team that we think that we can advance um, advance this region and add some serious value to the Ontario uh, mining industry. So we kind of, you know, we're really looking forward to uh, to start chewing away, and, and we've we've already started. Um, Already started chewing with the uh, data and booking um, booking a, an EM and MAG um, airborne survey um, in the upcoming months, which is uh, very exciting. Um, overall, as you as you mentioned, um, you know what are the similarities? So the deposit style, commodity, and exploration targets are um, what we think is Archean orogenic low gold and magmatic base metal mineralized systems. Um, Kind of, you know, stock work, thane, magmatic, and shear hosted precious metal and base metal um, deposits are the kind of characteristics that are, are, are shown. Um, the region, mature mining district in um, Ontario, globally recognized, low pol- political, uh, low geopolitical risk, um, well developed infrastructure. Um, we have an established historic mining jurisdiction, so Rainy River Sioux Lookout uh, Gold District, uh, comprehensive exploration data, and close to skilled labor services and infrastructure. Okay. Um, what challenges have you faced as a business, obviously, since you formed uh, over the last few years? Uh, the biggest challenge is, you know, the, the company took off um, basically in the middle of a global pandemic. Um, and I think we've done really well as a result of it, but it didn't make it uh, didn't make it any easier for us. Um, I think COVID, you know, over the the past uh, year and a half has taken a toll on on all of us. Uh, myself personally, I'm not a huge fan from working at home, especially when you you work at home, you hang out at home. Um, ugh, it's just been you know it's it's tough. I mean, fortunately, um, I have a you know we have an office space now that we can um, kind of collaborate with, but it's still, you know, it's just kind of an ongoing struggle and you don't know what's around the corner. Um, from an operational perspective, um, we've had to rely on our relationships um, in the various areas that we've been looking at, and it's kind of hindered um, our project evaluation capabilities, whether we kind of have boots on the ground that can go and check out the projects, whether it was um, in Nova Scotia, Ontario, or uh, you know Peru, uh, Nevada. You know it's all it, it's been a struggle. Obviously not for you know Ontario and Nova Scotia. We had uh, boots on the ground and and we had kind of drills turning shortly after we signed the definitive agreement. But it's just it comes into the process of of evaluating uh, projects and has definitely uh, held us back. Um, so we kind of look forward to the future and um, I think we've mitigated these these shortcomings um, quite favorably for the company. Um, separate from from that, um, another challenge that we, <laughs> that we found was, you know, finding a project. I mean, it's a painstaking process. You know, I've, I've clicked on every gold, copper, um, you know, publicly traded company on the TSX Venture, uh, CSC and the uh, ASX listed companies in, in our area of interest. And, you know, it's tough. And then you find you find a project that, you know, geologically is is very interesting. And then talking with the, 
the groups to try and extract that out of the company, I mean, is another whole, you know, can of worms. So, um, you know, and, and then willing to, to part with it um, with enough um, enough space for you to add value to, to your own shareholders. Um, you know, it's been tough. So, so I'm very happy to, you know, have that behind us. Um, although, it, you know, and, and it is a bit of a blessing. We have kind of our, our hit list as well for, for kind of future strategic acquisitions. Um, but, you know, we're glad to have that, um, you know, in the rearview mirror, um, having solidified our position in Ontario. And uh, we're going to look to aggressively um, systematically advance advance the property. So why would someone want to follow our company? I mean, you know, we, we've just acquired um, a, a huge package in Ontario that, you know, again, has never been systematically developed um, from a low-grade high tonnage perspective. Um, and it's it's so big and there's so many zones that it really takes – it's really going to take us, you know, a couple of years to really kind of get to the bottom of, of what – what is actually there and um, which is, which is very exciting. So I definitely um, would encourage uh, listeners to kind of follow along the company, um, you know, from, from the early, early days, which is, which is now um, in our, in our private stage and, um, you know, just uh, hang tight and um, let us, let us grow the, grow the company. Um, Why would somebody, you know, want to invest in the company? Um, you know, when you, when, so to kind of, to take a step back, you know, I, I, once we kind of, you know, we found our project, we made our decision with, you know, Group 10 and, and Ontario for, um, you know, we've already talked about that. Um, and then you got to figure out, you know, how, how is this, how is this going to, going to trade relative to, to everyone else? Um, so how, how do you get there? Right. And, you know, with my background, I kind of sat back and, you know, okay, so how many, exploration projects are there in the gold, you know, gold copper exploration stage, you know, inclusive of, you know, option agreements, which are at the definitive stage all the way through to completion. I mean, that if I can get that data, that'd be good. So we got that data. Um, great. About 160. Okay. So then, then what happened is you go, okay, um, we want, I would like to see, um, lead public companies that have projects that are leading, in Ontario, so kind of flagship Ontario properties. Of those 160, there's call it about 40 that have projects in the gold copper exploration stage that are, you know, they have there may or may not be an option agreement. It may or not be fully earned in. So it kind of gives us a nice, nice bucket to compare ourselves to. So our, our comparable, comparable list. And then, you know, how are you, how do you kind of evaluate, you know, relative to your competition where you would stand? So. We looked at it from a project size, a cash position, and capital structure. So from a project size, we are in the top quartile. We have a large land package, and that's just, just for a flagship. I mean, you know, separate contact bay, that's 4,700 hectares. That's pretty big, too. You put those together, we're top tier, period, full stop, right? We're in the top quartile, hands down. Um, but if we just focus on our flagship, which is kind of the, the approach, um, top tier, top quartile, fantastic. Uh, cash position, interestingly enough, you know, top, top tier as well. Um, when you actually look at um, the last year in terms of capital raises in that space, we've raised, um, we're keeping par with how much capital has been raised, um, you know, in the public sector, but we're private. So we definitely got some loyal shareholders that keep, keep kind of coming back and, 
and believing in us, which goes to show about the, you know, demonstrates the, the ability of the management team, um, which is great. Um, uh, you know, another, another uh, good point, um, especially early on, is our, uh, our capital structure. So we have a very tight capital structure relative to what's out there. You know, approximately, you know, 16 million shares outstanding, um, 15.64 to, to kind of be, be precise. Um, you know, before before a big capital raise, um, and even after the capital raise, you know, we're still sitting at a very favorable um, share structure. So you kind of put all that together. Um, we get some money in the bank to uh, after the IPO to advance the project. I mean, you know, it's, it's nothing but value add. Um, me personally, you know, uh, of course, uh, similar to the whole team, you know, we uh, we favor dollars spent in the ground, and we will continue to do so. Um, we have a relatively uh, low low GNA burn at the moment, and uh, kind of look forward to to just adding value, and that and that's what we're doing. Um, we've kind of put our money where our mouth is. I mean, we've signed up. We got we already signed a contract to fly EM and Mag for both Contact Bay and the Black Lake Drain project. That is signed and done. Um, once we sign the you know, um, the binding LOI, sorry, with Black Lake, um, you know, we, I, I looked at the data room and just said, you know, okay, you know what, let's get, let's get Longford Exploration in here and let's chew through this data and let's get it in a, you know, a format where we can upload it in 3D and, and have a look. Um, we've got that information now and we're chewing through it. So we're like, you know, we are, we are moving fast. Um, we're going public and it's going to be a very exciting 2022. Um, you know, not much more to say. Uh, everybody's really excited, and you know, can't wait to to start um, start the capital raise for the go public transaction. And we're very excited to have kind of Red Cloud by our side uh, leading the charge. So, you know, can't wait for the future. And I definitely, um, you know, encourage uh, everyone to kind of follow the story. Uh, give me a call if you want. You know, I'm open and I'm here uh, for everybody to kind of just you know bounce uh, bounce ideas off of or or whatever you want to do. Yeah. Um, and lastly, what's the outlook uh, for the company over, say, the next 12 to 18 months? Yeah. So the, the outlook for, for, the, for the next you know, 12 to 18 is, is obviously going public. We, we just recently closed a financing, small financing, you know, just north of, you know, call it 350,000. Uh, we're still wrapping it up uh, on the hard dollars. Um, but right now there's about 350 left, uh, 350 closed. So we're, you know, we're, Closing up that financing, we've selected our go public uh, partners. We're doing a kind of a full blown brokered IPO. Um, we're also so then in, in the in eighteen months from an exploration perspective, we've already signed a contract with Prospect Air to fly the entire Black Lake Drayton project. So that's scheduled, you know, Q one, um, which is which is great, and that that's that's in, that is important because they're putting in you know. A, a large power line in, and it, that kind of um, distorts the readings from a, from an airborne perspective um, when the results come in. So we want to kind of mitigate that and get out in front. That'll be followed up by by groundwork, and then within um, you know six months of closing our our IPO, we're, we want to have uh, drills turning. So there's you know a lot of news flow um, to come out, um, and kind of nobody's looked at this in in aggregate. Um, for the past kind of 100, 125 years. So we got a, a lot of data that's been kind of digitized that we've already been working on it. We're kind of, you know, 
evaluating and, and developing targets now in our in our four zones. Um, so you know we got a we got a lot of work ahead of us um, in the next twelve to eighteen months. Yeah, no, it seems as well. Um, Peter, really appreciate your time and uh, give us an overview of uh, heritage mining. Obviously, it seems that you've got got a lot on your plate, and um, obviously, wish you well um, in the. Uh, coming year um if our audience wants to reach out to you if they've got any questions that they want to ask you how can they go about doing that are you across any social media platforms at all uh yeah you can email me directly uh peter at heritagemining.ca um phone numbers on the website um you know you can uh, have a look um on the website um we are on linkedin um Facebook and we have uh, an Instagram account too. So, you know, feel free to, to, to follow any of those and, and reach out. Um, I'm on it personally. So if you want to chat, that, that's where the message is going to on any of those platforms. So. Yeah, no worries. And we can include those in the show notes, uh, accompanying yep. us anyway. So, um, Absolutely. Really, really appreciate your time, Peter. Um, hopefully our audience will reach out to you if they've got any particular questions. Like I said, you've got quite a lot going on. Um, and obviously a lot of potential there, especially with the amount of um, land mass that you're, you're going to be covering. So like I said, wish you well for the coming year. Um, hope the audience enjoyed this podcast. Please reach out to Peter if you've got any questions. Um, and obviously he'd be happy to answer them. So all the best. And until next time, happy mining. Thank you for listening. Remember to reach out to Rob via the show notes and be sure to subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, happy mining, helping each other to improve the mining industry.